Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina Podcast. I'm Brandon Hall, the Mid-Atlantic Scouting Director, and he's Matt Payne, our North Carolina Scouting Director. We're going to talk to you about high school baseball and amateur baseball here in the state of North Carolina, as well as what we've seen nationally here recently. Matt, how are you doing? Good. Good to be back on. Yeah, been a, been a solid couple weeks. I know we were, um, you know, last last uh, time we got together, we were able to talk a little bit about the uh, uncommitted seniors and um, went through a kind of a, a draft on that one. I know we both have gotten a bunch of feedback on, on that podcast and, you know, some of the things that we did and some of the things that we learned. And, um, you know, real quick, anything looking back at that, anything that really kind of stood out as you as we went through that process of going through the uncommitteds and trying to pick, you know, teams that we could we could throw up to, to face one another? Uh, I had a really good time doing it. I thought it was a great way to go through, uh, you know, some uncommitted guys that in the 24 classes – kind of crazy with the commitments and it being spread out and uh, <laughs> my chair just dipped <laughs> for you for you guys on YouTube that was that that's comedy there if you're not you missed it but I'm gonna readjust here new, new chair um, I thought it was good though and I was, you know a couple uh, I think a couple kids committed you know that week so when we did the draft they were actually uncommitted but you know, good. To see yeah, that. now that was we we had to we had to get that sucker posted quick one day because I think Brady Williams went off the board about thirty minutes before I posted, and I was like, okay, before we start hammering that that commitment out, let's get this out because he went fairly early in the draft. Um, I, I enjoyed that process. I thought one of the things that was interesting was um, the the left handed hitting commodity, um, the power hitting versus the running commodity, and then the positional commodity. So. You know, I, I think North Carolina has always been a state that's had traditionally strength behind the plate. I think the 24 class is similar. I think right-handed hitters are always the last to go off the board because we're all trying to find balance in our orders. <clears throat> and then you look at the number of high-quality right-handed hitters that, that really do have high grades on them and then them trying to figure out where they're going to go to school. Some of those guys are still going to land at some very, very good places to play in terms of the pecking order of college baseball. Um, and some of those guys may still, you know, maybe guys that get a chance to play pro ball at some point, you know, down the line. Um, so, you know, that idea of when I commit doesn't necessarily line up all the time with what type of prospect I am uh, because of the commodity situation, you know, and, and guys trying to figure out what their needs are, what the availability is. You know, supply and demand drives this thing as much as talent. Yeah, I think it's uh, a good time to be a, a junior college school and in region 10 in this area, cause you can go out and get some uh, really good players and guys that will have a chance to help you earlier. And I know you talked about the depth behind the plate and um, several really good uncommitted catchers in that class. And, um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with those guys over the next six, eight months. Yeah. You talked about region 10. I know um, I went out to Lenore Ryan a couple weeks ago. There's a story posted on the website, uh, the region 10 Southeast junior college jamboree and, um, got a chance to see Gaston, got a chance to see Flodar, um, missed CVCC because of some rain, uh, saw Guilford Tech. Guilford Tech's going to be uh, back back in the mix again this year. Um, so I, I think already we're seeing with the way the portal's playing out, I, some of the Region 10 coaches are taking advantage of it. Um, yesterday I went down to South Carolina. I saw Flodar Scout Day with Sammy and, and PBR South Carolina. I know uh, uh, Fayetteville Tech. And Southeastern Community College have reached out to us. I know we've done CVCC in the past in terms of running scout days for those guys. So 
Um, their, their big weekend that we're normally talking about on this podcast was this past weekend, um, but the ton of rain at Campbell with that, that system that came through, so that got washed. So I've actually put on my calendar for next weekend at Gardner-Webb trying to get down there and seeing as many you know Region 10 schools as we can because you know it, it's a chance for us to evaluate prospects and also get a feel for where the high school guys are because as much as the portal's affecting things, now as we're getting to this time of the year, junior college prospects are affecting where some of those high school guys will land. Um, and as junior college guys, coaches move their players, it opens up areas for, for those high school guys to get into. You were at the junior college level for a while. Is this about the time those guys really start to dial in and kick in on that 24 class across Region 10? Yeah, yeah, I think they've been been watching, you know, throughout the last summer. You see those guys at state games and and different things, and they have their list. Uh, you know, I think really in, in the spring is where you see them kind of hammer guys and, hey, you know, I need a decision, let's, you know, let's get this thing rolling so they can finalize their rosters. But they, they definitely have their list of guys they're they're interested in, and they'll continue to work work down that list as guys commit and, and other things happen. As as our, we're running these scout days, not only in, in this region but across the country, one of the things I notice in in the scout day, a scout day like we ran SBA North, we ran Rawlings Prospects recently, we ran 20 or so this summer, those types of players, obviously we have freshmen in high school up to seniors. Let's just talk about the juniors and seniors. Their numbers compared to some of the numbers we saw from Region 10, the Florence, the Flodar Scout day yesterday, we had four, five, six hitters above 103, multiple guys above 90. Um, obviously, one of the better junior colleges nationally, a chance to maybe partic- participate in a World Series this year. That, that, that's what the end goal is going to be, and their roster's talented enough to work through Region 10 and have that shot. But that growth that from 18 to 20 is pretty big. And so, you know, if you're a college coach and you're trying to dissect you know, do you want the more physically mature but only get him for two years, or do I want the guy I'm going to develop and I get him for four years? And I think that's a duality that college coaches are constantly having to to go through at this time of year. If I'm a four-year school, which one of those guys am I really going to dial in on and go get? And so it maybe depend on their rosters where they're at right now. Yeah, definitely uh, there's a difference in body type, Those, you know, especially the better JUCO programs and the high school kids. Um but you know the the age, and then the the year in the weight room, and those guys have more structured programs than what a lot of high schools have, and you know also their their rules are a little bit more relaxed, so more field time and and, and more time to do skill work and things like that. And uh, there is a difference, but I, I do think there's value in in high school kids getting in the junior college program and and getting all that time on the field and all the reps, and then you know they play a full fall schedule and uh, great places to develop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we move forward and come jump in a couple of our topics, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Liquid IV. Uh, Liquid IV is a, a very simple packaging, dumping it, uh, the one packet into the water and, and stir it up and it's good to drink, tastes great, goes down and really helps with hydration. And we're starting to see a lot of these junior college guys, a lot of these high school guys play um, multiple games in a day, trying to recover. We've, we've seen football guys trying to play on the weekend. So hydration, as with any time of the year, is a constant must. Um, you know, one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Twelve delicious flavors contains five essential vitamins, including B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. 
made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Um, you know, if you're interested in Liquid IV, you can go to their website, liquidiv.com. You get 20% off when you use our code PBRNC23. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using the promo code PBRNC23 at liquidiv.com. Uh, Matt, one of the one of the things that our company has has really worked and strived to since you and I kind of came on board, and and it's continued to grow and grow and grow. Um, but we jumped into it this week and we held our first ever All American game, bringing players in from all across the country and unique format with the twenty fours playing the twenty five. So we had a uh, a team of twenty twenty fours. I think it was about twenty players, and a team of twenty twenty fives is about twenty players. Um, I went up to Milwaukee. Uh, we were at the Brewers Stadium, American Family Field, Life Field, whatever that was, and um, just uh, an incredible experience for those players. I enjoyed myself. Um, I know you were out covering tournaments and dodging some rain bullets around here, but outside looking in, what did you kind of see and what did you kind of enjoy watching that? Uh, you know, it looked like they did their best to make a big deal out of it for the the players and uh, try to give them a, a professional experience. And obviously we had three, uh, three North Carolina kids there from the 25 class. And we've talked before, you know, the, the 25 class is you know, probably more talented than the 24 class and uh, the 20, 25 class walked away with a win up there. They did, they did. And, you know, and, and building this and, and moving to the future, it'll be interesting to see. I know we lost some 2024s off of uh, the team USA club, as they got back from Taiwan, you know, they made a decision to shut it down. Um, one of those that didn't, fortunately for us, was Coy James. You know, Coy played the summer, was fortunate enough as a, as a younger player to make Team USA's 18U team and went to Taiwan. Um, started every game out there, uh, playing multiple positions, and then uh, came to our All-American game and is basically at this point, I think he's shutting it down now moving forward and getting ready for his high school season, trying to put some weight back on, trying to get in the weight room. But, um, you know, tremendous outing from Coy. And I've seen him a little bit. You've seen him obviously a little bit more than I have. Um, you know, his athleticism stands out. He does a lot of things with ease. But I was extremely impressed with how strong he is offensively. You know, there's obviously there's bat speed, there's quickness, there's barrel ball ability. He recognizes breaking ball. All these things you can check the box, check the box, check the box. But when you put him in a in a workout day with some of the elite power guys from across the country, even at you know six one one seventy, you know he's hammering balls off the wall. When a lot of guys with the way the wind playing the the field was playing that day, you know weren't getting there, and it was just ball after ball after ball. And um, you know he really jumped out after that. And then as the day went on, you know he ran a six eight sixty. He's going to run better as he gets stronger. And then they put the infield workout, and we could talk about this infield workout. I thought it was a really good idea. Basically put a clock on them, and they put three guys at shortstop and one fungo hitter and said, okay, we're going to hit it at you for about a minute and a half, then we're going to go to your left for a minute and a half, we're going to go to your double plays for a minute and a half, we're going to go to your right for a minute and a half. And so it's him, Jackson Holiday, and I think uh, Billy da, – da, 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 da. it's a Vanderbilt commit. Billy Carlson from California, you know, three of the top 25, you know, players in the country, and they're taking ground balls one behind the other, bang, 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 bang. And you really get to see how those guys compare. And Coy really held his own. 
Um, and, and you've seen him. He's played a bunch of different positions, but you know, I, I think from a draft standpoint, it helps him if he can really profile as a shortstop, uh, even if that doesn't necessarily mean where he's going to be you know, as he gets through pro ball, whatever age that that becomes. Your thoughts on that? Uh, he's a really good athlete, and I think what you've seen since we, we first saw him as uh, freshman, sophomores, he's become more polished defensively, and um, you know, I think his, his first year with Team USA, I think he was a little more more time in the outfield, and then he goes with those guys this year and spends spends his time on the infield. And uh, we know he can hit, and it's you know it, it really advanced at the plate. But the the polish he's added to his game defensively over the last year year and a half has has really been impressive, and he got to show that off this week in Milwaukee. You know, one of the neat things about being around these guys all weekend, and, and the way the setup was, is basically when you walked into the hotel. You know, the, the main lobby was off to the right, but just off to the left, we had taken over the first four meeting rooms that were on the same level as that, that lobby. And so every time those guys got off the bus, we kind of directed them in there. And then we had things set up, whether it was uh, college football or Xbox systems or pool tables or uh, the cornhole or, you know, it, snacks, anything and everything we could all filter them there. So a majority of the time that while the guys were there, if they were not sleeping and we weren't on the field, they were in those ballrooms. And so we got a chance just to kind of hang out, mingle, watch. And you're talking about, you know, quote unquote, some of the most famous baseball players in the country in terms of high school. And I thought it was really interesting. A couple of things that stood out. One, most of them are uber competitive, like ping pong games and cornhole and the Xbox games, playing Madden and playing ba- baseball and playing NBA 2K or whatever, they got fiery. They got heated. You know, nobody ever went over the line, but you're kind of keeping an eye on those guys, making sure they didn't go over the line. Um, and they wanted to win. And um, so that was the first thing that stood out. But the second thing that stood out is very few of them kept to themselves. They wanted to learn from other guys that were there. They wanted to talk to them, and you could find guys talking, especially after the workout day, as they'd seen them a little bit more in action, a little bit more close up, talking about swings, talking about what their thought process is on ground balls, you know, why they did this, this, or this, you know, where where are they training? What's their plan after this? When are they shutting down? When are they getting in the weight room? What's their plan in the weight room? And so you had all these different conversations going on, and, you know, Coy was extremely accessible um, to the guys that were there. And again, he's because of the two years with team USA and, you know, the teams that he plays for in the summer, you know, very, very quote unquote famous player in the 2025 class. But it was interesting to see how accessible he was to players that he was meeting for the first time. Um, you know, that was something that was really neat that came out of that event because those guys spent so much time together. Yeah. He's a fun kid to talk to and, you know, those guys play against each other so much too, you know, whether it's, a, you know, on the summer circuit and, and Lake Point and Hoover and, and all those places. So they see each other play and kind of have an idea what they can do. But when you get, you know, on the same team or, you know, spend a few days together, I think they really, uh, you know, get to ask questions and, and learn more about the training process and, and what those guys like to do. Yeah, even on the coaching staff, so Matt Holiday coached one club, you know, a potential future Hall of Famer, you know, and he's hanging out watching guys play Madden, you know, and, and talking to guys down there. And then you had uh, Michael Bowden, who was a, um, a high-level selection from 2003, 2005 maybe, somewhere in that area. But he was the first player ever on a prep baseball report magazine. 
when it was just Illinois and Indiana and, you know, trying to spotlight a guy and Michael was the guy. Um, you know, it, those guys were accessible as well. We had two high school coaches who have had extensive time with, with Team USA, one from Parkview, Georgia, one from California. And, you know, again, those guys working with those players and seeing those players and talking to those players and um, it really a neat experience getting them to relax um, so that they can enjoy the process, enjoy the day, and enjoy uh, the game time festivities as well. So um, our two pitchers that went, we're going to talk about Josh Hammond in a minute, um, who, who stole the day. Um, but Tyler Baird, um, again, just an incredible person in, in being around him. He was one of those guys that every time you looked up, he was in the middle of a ping pong match, in the middle of a cornhole match, was challenging somebody to do something. He wanted the competition. You know, he wanted to be in those game type plays. Um, you know, pitchers, you know, workout days, a little bit more of a lonely day. He got his work in. When we got to game day, he was scheduled. I think he threw the eighth uh, for team 2025. I was actually in the 2024 bullpen. I was running that bullpen, trying to make sure we kind of stayed on schedule with those guys. Um, his stuff plays, man. I mean, even even in an inning where, you know, it got a little bit long and we had to go get him, some things went against him. Most of our staff, most of the scouts there came along going, he's got a chance to be really good. Um, did you get a chance to see any part of his outing, um, you know, with, with the live uh, feed or with some of the video afterwards? I saw saw a few clips on social media and, um, you know, it looks like, you know, what we've seen in person, you know, highly projectable, um, whippy arm, spin the ball and, um, you know, the upside and projections, what always stands out with him. And uh, he was a big name this summer, um, you know, really good summer for him, dominated and, uh, you know, cool to see him up there and uh, show off for guys across the country. Yeah, maybe not Maybe not a, 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 an event where he's got a chance to really shine because I think where he shines is over the course of an outing where he can really feature second time through the order, a different way to attack, third time through the order, a different way to attack. But from my view, his ball is just taking off out of his hand. I mean, it's it's coming out and it's just darting into right-handers. I mean, heavy, heavy, hard, late sink. Um, and handcuffing his catchers at times. And, and you're gonna if you go back and watch that game on, on YouTube, you're going to see some catchers box some balls. One, the stuff was elite. But two, those shadows with the way the windows are, um, the Brewers ground staff was like, we don't play at three because of these. We don't, we don't have a single three o'clock game throughout the entire year because of that. Um, and, and it was, it was as tough as it was on the hitters. It was tough on the catchers. Um, and, and Baird was, was, he ate his guy up. The guy that was receiving him, he ate him up a little bit. Um, but I think also with Tyler, he's trying to feature, here's everything that I can do. <clears throat> and in that setting, he maybe doesn't need to, you know, you fast forward to, to Hammond, um, and, and Josh had his outing in the fifth, I think, and <clears throat> it's two pitches. It's 93 to 96. Uh, he was like 95, four, something like that. And then it's a wipeout slider at 85, 86. You know, and, and here they are, and, and I'm just going to flood these two pitches in the zone. I'm going to attack hitters. And he, he still showed him the ability to pitch. He had a 2-0 count, wipeout slider in the zone, wipeout slider in the zone, Wipe out slider for Chase, the inning's over. So, you know, he – we knew about him. You knew about him. Uh, I don't know nationally 
that he was as famous as maybe Coy James, Jackson Holiday, um, Billy Carlson, uh, Seth Hernandez, some of those guys. But he is now. Outside looking in, what would you see from Josh? Uh, just dominant, you know, and you see, you know, we've seen him, and the one thing that's always stood out for him is how uh, competitive how competitive and how business-like he is. And uh, he looked like he was all business out there. And I think, uh, you know, he mentioned the other guys and probably a little more present social media and things like that. And, you know, Josh is just, you know, baseball guy. It's business. And he goes out and, you know, dominates you and, you know, goes about goes about his work and it was fun to see him have that performance up there I know in the background you worked hard to make sure that that shooter um, who put together the lineups and kind of the game plan we didn't leave him off of the batting you know hey he needs to take BP he's going to, he's going to the dual guy he's got a chance just to hear me out on this and then you know shooter I think one of the things that you you, you guys had talked about was uh Austin Riley with the Braves. <clears throat> who all through his prep re- recruiting and, and a lot of the draft prospectus, he was a pitcher. And the Braves drafted him as an infielder and said, hey, you're going to go hit. And so all these things that he had gone to, he goes to as a pitcher. Now he's playing third base in the big leagues. And I, that came up with Josh. Hey, I know this, the pitching's leading, but we don't want to leave that bat behind because what happens in six, seven, ten years if he's playing third base in the big leagues and he's not on the bump? You had a lot to do with that. His BP on the workout day was very, very loud, very loud. <clears throat> His BP on the game day, he was launching balls in the second deck at uh, the Brewer Stadium, and he was the first right-hander to do that. A couple other behind him, when Jackson got in there, you know, Jackson was taking some the other way um, and showing some elite power. But Josh's bat speed, his barrel, barrel contact, and then what happened after that was different than a lot of other hitters. And I think that shocked some people. And then he gets in the game, and right after he pitched, you know, he pitches, shuts it down, three Ks. <clears throat> Two hitters later, runner on second, bang, double in the gap, gets an RBI. And, you know, it's it's just, you know, Josh being Josh. He's a, he's a good baseball player. He was put on a stage, and he performed. It was a lot. You know, he went to Junior Futures with us a couple years ago, and um, – has an impressive outing down there and you know, hit really well and high baseball IQ, played shortstop and uh, just a, a good overall baseball player who who really stood out and won MVP up there. Yeah, baseball family. His dad played at Charlotte. Is you know uh, was very very highly thought of. He may even have his number retired there. I don't remember if not. He's he's in the mix. And then he played pro ball for a while. He coached at Wake Forest. After being a high school coach at Westchester Country Day, he was a volley at Wake Forest. Now he's the head guy at High Point. Um, and so the family's grown up in it, you know, and I think that stage didn't didn't rock, didn't shock Josh. He took it as a challenge. You know, I, I, I can do anything these other guys can do. Maybe I'm not as famous as them right now, but give me give me a weekend because I may I, I may turn that page on you. And so from our standpoint, not shocked. You know, this is Josh did Josh what Josh does. I think from standpoint of some other people across our territories, <clears throat> people within our system PBR that maybe don't know Josh as well, man, what a great what a great performance out of nowhere. And it it wasn't that was just Josh being Josh. Yeah, great week for him, and fun to see all the North Carolina guys stand out like they did up there and and represent our area really well. 
Moving forward, I don't know where the event's going to be next year. They've talked about a couple different different places. It is going to move around. We are going to take that thing on the road a little bit and take it to different territories. Um, right now, it's going to stay 2020, the junior class versus the senior class. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting way that we do it. It's different than a lot of other people. It creates some competition, allows scouts to get a little bit of a jump on some of those underclass guys as well and comparing them to the current draft class and kind of seeing where things are going to be in a year. Um, one of the things that we had a chance to do just prior to the All-American game, though, is you and I spent some time in High Point, um, a pro-driven event, the South Atlantic border battle, um, where you know the, the area pro scouts are putting together teams based on their area and based on their, their grad year. So on Friday night, you know, I saw a bunch of uh, 26s and 27s, a lot of 26s, a couple 27s. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we had games where 24s played 24s and 25s played 25s, uh, you know, representing their area scout for whoever had that area. So the Red Sox were North Carolina uh, in the 24 class. Uh, the, the Mets were South Carolina in the 24 class. Let, let's kind of start first with that 24 class, Matt. You and I were both there um, on Saturday. I, I stayed on Sunday and, and battled the rain. Um, what what does that event do for you as you're, you're, you just finished rankings? You're kind of getting a chance to now resettle back in and, and start the evaluation process, not from new, but again on some of these guys. And you get a chance to see a workout, you get a chance to see a game. Um, you know, any thoughts in terms of, what we saw, what we've heard versus boom, what you see on the field in person. Well, it's good to put eyes back on those guys again. You know, we, you know, typically see them at a preseason event and then uh, state games. We may run into them somewhere else, but um, really that's, you know, our big look at those guys uh, post summer and a chance to see them in the fall. And, you know, before we see them again next spring and kind of, uh, see how the ranking matches up and see where those guys are at. If, you know, anybody's made it, made a jump and, and things like that. And uh, especially the position player guys getting to see them take some at bats against some arms going out there for two innings and, and blowing it out. And like, you know, most things are, it's a, a pitcher driven event, but uh, you know, thought the North Carolina guys handled it well, you know, Sawyer Black, you know, former future game guy with us, you know, I thought, uh, you know, he's continued to develop, you know, smoked the ball off the wall and, he had another one on Sunday too. Uh, of the hitters at the event, he produced. Yeah. You know, and, and and what does one weekend mean in turn? Well, at that event with that many pro scouts on, it means those guys are going to go back in and see him play, which they were going to go in and see Wesley and Christian anyway. But yeah. don't be shocked if we don't look up in the middle of spring and he's on some draft boards because pro scouts are going to be in there throughout the year. You know, with the talent they have on that roster. Yeah, and, you know. If you're if you're Liberty in there, you know you see that you think that's a guy that can you know contribute right away too. And uh, Mason Hughes, uh, big week at state games. Uh, good to see him again. You know, left-handed hitter. Um, you know, like the bat there. And um, Brandon Novi from Pro Five. Uh, I think you know it's always been a big kid. I think he's got stronger. Uh, had some good at bats. Uh, Levi Brown, another another Pro Five guy. I think defensively. Uh, you know, he, he really stands out with, with what he can do in the middle there and um, another guy that's that's added weight in, in that profile program. And uh, Jaden Knight was a guy, you know, we, you know he's been kind of hard to see for us at times with with where he plays and different things like that. But, uh, 
you know, I thought he he looked much more comfortable than than what I'd seen from him in the past. It, th- those guys you just mentioned, fairly physical. You know, Jaden Knight, 6'1", 185, and he's got strength in his legs. I mean, it's defined strength in his legs. Brandon Novi, 6'4", 225, and he is filled out. I mean, he is a man in the box. Um, and Levi Brown, 6'3", 180. I think he's a little bit on the, the more the body's still maturing versus those other two. Um, but but let's talk a little bit about those power bats and, and trying to evaluate power at this level, how power is going to translate, and then also how does the hit tool affect power? Because if I just if I just toss those guys BP, I mean they're launching balls, you know, up over the up over the seats and left and right field when they when they really get into one and turn one loose. But they also didn't do that on every swing. You know, so when we're trying to evaluate what that power is, how much does that hit tool really play play into what the power number is now versus what that power number is in the future? Yeah, I think a lot of it's how much effort they put into it in BP, you know, like there's there's guys that can turn and burn and you know launch launch balls out poolside, and uh, then you see some other guys that that drop some balls the other way a little bit. And I thought Novi did that, and uh, obviously Black did that. They showed the ability to, to drive the opposite field gap, and uh, you know some other guys are in there just you know launching at poolside. It may be raw power, but you talked about how how well Black swung it. You know it's it's got a got to show in the game a little bit too. And you know the ball I saw him smoke off the wall. It was a just kind of dropped barrel on a pitch down and in and jumped off the bat, and you see that game power a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons that, that for me, Brandon Novi is pretty safe getting the state. Yeah, and I, I may, you know, all it takes is one scout. Um, you know, Jaden Knight, I, I think it's fairly, I'm, I'm fairly safe with him getting to Notre Dame. The, the hit tool and the ability to handle 88 to 92 and find the barrel consistently enough it's still developing. It still needs some time to polish, especially when you're going to talk about making that jump. When you make a jump from high school ball to A ball, that that may be the best fastball you ever see. Day in and day out, the average fastball in A ball may be better than the average fastball in the big leagues in terms of pure velocity because that's all those guys, or a lot of those guys are doing is just seeing how hard they can throw it. They have no idea where it's going. They're not really using sink or ride or, or, or anything like that. They're just going to fill it up. So, you know, letting those hitters develop on a little bit more of a, a, a steady track, whereas you get to college, you're going to see some 88 to 92. You're going to see some 92 to 95. You're not going to see 96, 97 every single day and allowing those guys to develop. I think that's a hard thing for scouts to project to, which one of those guys is really going to fine tune the hit tool enough so that they're constantly on the barrel. When you think about Barry Bonds and the years he had where he's hitting all his home runs, the, the power, yeah, the power was there. I mean, you, you go back to even when he was with the Pirates, he's hitting balls into the third deck in Pirates Stadium. He had power. What happened later in his, among some other things, what happened later in his career was he was on the barrel every time he swung the bat, you know, which is just insane to think about. You know, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, when I'm growing up, you know, they, they miss hit balls that would get out because they were so strong. Their power number was through the roof, but their hit number as they got a little bit older continued to grow. And the more they found the barrel, the more the more home runs they would hit. And so I think that's what we're looking for some, for some of these bigger guys is just that, that control of the barrel constantly. And, and, you know, 
you, you play you played in the minors. That's that's a it's a jump. You know, even coming out of a really good program in NC State and going to the minors and seeing the velocity day in, day out, day in, day out, you know, it forces you. Are you on the barrel enough? Yeah, I think that's you know we talked about Coy earlier. One that's one thing that separates him from a lot of other guys in both classes is you know some of these guys are making adjustments you know week to week and you know really hot one week, cool off a little bit one week. You know, you know, Coy's kind of doing it pitch to pitch at times. You know, some of the right. arms he's seen with, you know, Team USA and East Coast Pro and things like that is, you know, he he adjusts in the at bat and you know has a ton of barrel control. You know, one of the guys that, that you didn't get a chance to see showed up on Sunday. He was on a visit. Uh, he's committed to Chapel Hill, uh, Cobb Hightower. Played Sunday, homered um, in his first at bat, and um, you know he looked the part. I mean, he took he took a really brief infield outfield. Um, very comfortable in a box. Obviously, would love to have seen him for two days. We're going to see him throughout the high school season, um, but I think he'll be an interesting follow. Just as that that athlete baseball player, where maybe the future projection is somewhat limited, but are there scouts that fall in love with what he does now, and are the tools loud enough now to to you know maybe get them thinking? Will he bypass Chapel Hill? And so forcing those scouts to go in there again, scouts are going to be at East, uh, East Royan. So, you know, they, they know their way there. If we turn to the younger guys, I know a lot of our guys played with the Giants, but they were sprinkled between the Giants and A's. Um, you know, we saw some guys that are new to the area, some guys that have transferred into Pro 5, some guys that transferred into to Combine. So that was good to go, um, you know, for me, one of the guys that stood out, again, a, a former junior future games guy, Caden Hart. You know, Caden's a guy that we had not seen a ton of <clears throat> since he'd gotten to high school. He's a high school football player. He's committed to Virginia Tech. It's 5'11", 238, and it's a thick, strong, athletic 238. I mean, he it's a wide chest and a wide legs. And, you know, on, on my watch, the unofficial, he ran a 6'6'0". And then, you know, maybe one of the loudest BPs throughout the event. Didn't necessarily translate in the game. And, again, these these events are tough because they're getting one shot at a really good arm. But but uh, talk a little bit about what you saw to Caden there on Saturday. Just thumping that bat. It's it's quick, too. You know, a lot of a lot of those guys that are that strong, you look at them and it's it's all strength. They're mostly strength. And, you know, there's there's quickness through the zone in his swing. And, obviously, he's a, you know, really good athlete, been a, been a good football player and, uh, that's that speed and power translates to the baseball field. Kelvin Paulino was good. Pachardo was good. Um, you know, we, we saw more of Sam Corner. Um, anybody else on the, on the underclass that kind of stood out a little bit as you're kind of going through the list? And you know, I'm getting ready to start writing a lot of these guys up. I know we saw Ian Williams again, um, Carlos Diaz again. You know, it, it, it's it's really it's really a good event. And I think. A lot like the All American game, where I'm on a <clears throat> on, in a hotel with these guys and in a bullpen with these guys. You know, the pro scouts are in the dugouts with these guys, and they're getting more than just you know, can he run, can he hit? They're getting to know some personalities, and that can be a, a really good thing for some of these guys. Yeah, it's cool for us to get to talk to those guys. You know, you mentioned Paulino; thought he done really well, and then Ethan Britton, the guy we, we've seen a ton. Uh, just so fun to watch play defense, and then. Uh, our three future game guys that were there, McKnight, uh, Williams, and McCory, you know, there's, you know, can, same guy we saw down there, you know, there's, can, you know, each have their, 
their tools and what they're good at, and they continue to show that, and I think they've impressed a lot of people. Good event. We're always happy to get out there and kind of cover that event and cover players. Um, but, you know, as we as we kind of continue through the fall, it's not always for us just about the draft guys and about the high-end guys and the guys that may end up in the SEC or ACC. <clears throat> it's about everybody. And getting a lot of seniors right now starting to call saying, hey, have you heard anything? Hey, where do you think I land? You know, and, and the thing we keep telling them is more than half of the senior class is going to commit after November than commits prior to the early signing period in November. Still a long way to go before all these teams churn out. I think we're at 175 commitments in the class of 2024 as of this morning. Um, we're looking for 425, 475 is typically kind of those numbers we land in. And we've got two events coming up. You know, we're going to be at Francis Marion teaming up with PBR South Carolina um, October da, 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 da. 15th. October 15th, you're all over it. And then we're going to be at Catawba, again, teaming up with PBR South Carolina on October 22nd. So any seniors that need to update video, need to, to have a few more eyes put on them, need to figure out exactly where, where they think they may land, they're having to reevaluate where they're at, those two good chances right there for them to come out and play. And, again, we're going to do everything we do, with the Swift Athletics, the Trackman, all of our video, um, all of our workout packages. There's going to be some gameplay controlled and then we're also going to have some extra video, um, uh, an extra video company out there doing more um, in terms of gathering information on some of these seniors and putting some information out through social media. Um, you know, what are, what are you telling seniors right now? Senior college says, you know, Matt, you know, Coach Payne, I, I, I haven't heard from anybody. What should I do? Yeah, patience. That's probably the, the answer nobody really wants to hear, but, uh, you know, Keep doing your, your your workouts, your routine, what you've been doing. Uh, obviously, a good player, and uh, a lot happens that that people don't know about. But from November to when those meetings, those fall meetings, have happen on college campuses to uh, the spring season when guys come back and don't perform or you know don't fit, that that spots open up. And um, I don't think you you go wrong by waiting. You know, I, I see guys jump on stuff at times and then things come along that they, they may have been better off waiting and uh, best fit and, and don't take something just to take something, you know, make sure you get uh, what's best for you. Absolutely. You know, for those guys that have information, get it out. You know, you can, you can start crossing schools off and that's not a bad thing. <clears throat> You're sending information to a school and the coach isn't getting anything back to you. They probably don't have interest. You're sending information to a school and the coach may tell you, Hey, I think we're done with the 24 class. Great. Move on to the next one and, and spend some time. That way you can build those relationships. And if you you never know what school, what coaching staff is really going to key your interest, and sometimes you don't know that the school that's out there that's the best fit for you academically even exists. And baseball is a great portal in terms of being able to learn more about those. So I think the baseball players, you know, athletes in general, have a leg up on all these other students because you have so many other opportunities presented to you. And so take advantage of those opportunities. If you're if you're looking to stay in, in state and hammer every school in state and, and get your information to them and let them know where you're going to be, let them know where you're playing. If you need to update your stats, you know, hit us up, um, you know, and, and come to an event. And if you can't make the senior events, we have some other events coming up. But having information so that those coaches can kind of evaluate you versus other players is definitely a must and definitely a help. So, um Matt, you and I are, are both heading to Cary this weekend. 
We got tournaments. Um, past that, we kind of kicked back open to our, our scout days, and we're going to be in October, and then bang, we're 15 days away from um, the unsigned senior event and about 28 days from our top underclass event, our top prospect games featuring the underclass players at NC State. So big month ahead for us. Very big month ahead. See a lot of players, uh, a lot of information going out. Uh, look forward to seeing the guys. Absolutely. We'll be back next week with more information for Matt Payne. I'm Brandon Hall. This is the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina Podcast, and we'll see you at the field.